All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. I'm Kyle Fincham. This is Behind the Movement. And my guest today is my friend Nicolette de Saint Amour. Uh, I've known her for many years. I know her as Nikki. I'm excited to share this conversation with you. And uh, I'll get to it in just a moment. I'd like to share a couple things. Uh, first, I'm still doing infinite play jams in New York City every Saturday. We've done three. We have seven more to go all the way up until the spring here. They've been amazing. They've been super fun. Um, this week we'll be at Pier 76 in Manhattan on the west side, right on the water. If you'd like to sign up and join for one or all of them, you can just go to my website, kylefincham.com, and all the information is there. Um, come the spring and the summer, I'm going to be heading out to do two-day workshops. Um, we have a number of dates scheduled in Europe and a few that we have announced. Um, be in Salzburg, June 11th and 12th. We just added Berlin on June 18th and 19th. And then, uh, excuse me, uh, London on July 9th and 10th. Um, a number more, uh, and many more will be added. Um, but for now, that's what's available on the website. Um, there's also opportunities for early bird pricing. And all the details are there. Um, would love to see you. If you're anywhere nearby one of those cities or if you'd like to come and visit, um, really looking forward to it. And I really appreciate everybody who's hosting and organizing for um, doing all the groundwork there. Um, yeah, kylefincham.com, all the info is available on the website. As I said, my conversation with today is with my friend... Nicolette de Saint-Amour, who I've known for many years. Um, if you're not familiar with her work, let me give you a little bit of a, a background here. Nicolette is a somatic movement practitioner who has worked for the last decade studying the life of the body through its bioenergetic process. She's a student of jiu-jitsu, herbalist, and a trainee of the Feldenkrais Method. Having this diverse and rich background has helped her harness the skill of body reading. In her somatic sessions, she links the relationship and interplay of the physical body, emotions, and thinking. It is through these combined modalities of awareness explored via subtle, easy movement, she has been able to help others connect with their body as continuum of pulsatory and streaming currents, an excitory ocean. It was really a, a privilege to get to connect with my old friend here. Um, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation, so let's not waste any time. This is my conversation with Nicolette de Saint-Amour. Boredom is where like imagination and creativity spawned, and it's like we don't place the same value on them because like people see them as inaction, but maybe they're just like action through inaction. Right. Right. And, and, and how much does imagination play into that? So the more we're able to tap into these rich inner worlds of imagination, you see it with younger children. I've been so interested. Oh, wow. Like, what was my imagination like when I was a child? I'm starting to try to remember things that I did or games that I played, you know, and, and it, it could tell you, well, it could tell you something about 
the child, right? Their interests, who they become to be, right? The games we played as children informed us as individuals. And so the spirit of coming to play in adulthood, how that could continue to fill our, well, how we understand ourselves to be in this life, who we are, right? I think we're all maybe searching for a sense of identity and it's not, it doesn't come through the attainment of money and status. And that's what I think we get kind of confused with, right? It's like, well, I got the grades in school. I became the doctor for mom and I make the money, but who am I? Mm -hmm. And, and I think particularly in the West, we see that that is not so clear to many people because they never got to learn about their learning. Mm -hmm. So even you see people go to jujitsu, they go to gymnastics. It's just like, what? I did it. <laughs> I'm the best. <laughs> right. It's just kind of checking boxes. It's checking boxes. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and that's like mechanical movement. It's like Feldenkrais would call it mechanical movement. Well, if we're able to bring in the spirit of play, of curiosity, of pleasure, of all these, attending to all these different things, you're like, oh, wow, I have a real sense of my embodiment. These, these elements, well, well, learning isn't linear. It's a circular experience. Creativity mm -hmm. is circular. You go this mm -hmm. way, that way. It's like it continues to grow and grow. And... So, well, that makes it exciting forever for life. Mm -hmm. what, you, what you were describing though, where like the kind of the box checking is almost like, it's, 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 it's more kind of like for me, myself and I, and some of these other things involve more, they involve another in some way, like another person or another space or, mm -hmm. or something that involves like an interaction, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. Whereas like some of the other things like the box checking is like, okay, I did this, now I do that. And now I go yeah. here. Whereas this other thing is a little more like, you know, we explored this, we yeah. played with that. In this space, I danced with, yes. you know? And to me, it's like, um, you know, it's about learning how to like communicate with a lot of different things and it involves another. And I think that we forget about the other and often get caught in like the skin and bones. Right. Because we're, I mean, we see it in like the natural world. Like, I mean, when I watch my chickens, there's a pecking order. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they are constantly trying to establish this order right <laughs> and and i think i see you know as in in groups there's always this sense of a pecking order right oh that person is at that level and that but there's well when we come to it with this sense of an ego there's always this sense of a pecking order i need to have recognition for what i've done what i've accomplished and and that's much of the attitude many people take is I, I need recognition to reaffirm who I am. Right. It's like, how, how will this benefit me? How as, will a, this... as opposed to like, what if the right. mindset was, how can this benefit us? 
And yes. the us can be a lot of things and it can be big. Yes. You know? It's like, you know, I, I think about this and I, in like in jujitsu, for instance, it's like, you know, you get, you've rolled with a lot of people and, and, you know, there are some people who are excellent with like kind of the big dog and small dog thing. Like, what does it look like if, a, if, a, if you as a blue belt are rolling with a black belt, that yes. you both deeply care about helping the other person learn? Yes. Like, what does it look like then, as opposed to you playing for yourself? Right. Right. In that case, it's like the black belt is like going to ask, pose some really nice questions for you. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't have as many questions, but you're going to be like hollering them at them to give them everything that you can, because that's the best you can do to help them learn. Yes. Right? And then it's like, it's about being patient and looking at something bigger and longer and further down the road. And I think about that in like, in everything that we do, what if yeah. it's like, Oh, how do I take whatever it is that I'm with and be like, yeah. Oh, how can, how can I help this, this person or this situation learn? And then maybe if it goes two ways, then someone else is looking out for me. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I love that so much. And I love relating things to jujitsu, and it's like, yes, like I, I choose upper belts because I know the conversation is better mm-hmm. in, in regards to the experience, right? Mm-hmm. Where I don't find it because, of course, different stages of growth, different, I mean, different stages of maturity. I could find a mature blue belt. I could find a mature purple belt, but I haven't come across it so often well and 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 in this culture it's going to be less likely for that emergence like you know it's like again we're not talking about individuals we're actually talking about kind of like culturally like what what is popping out of it right and it took me a while because I was always quite nomadic and and even when I came to San Diego there's a lot of jiu-jitsu here but I and I went to different schools but I didn't like the culture of many of the schools right or or i felt maybe that was more of the energy it's like it's very high and that's natural it's very natural but i came to fabio sanchez and i felt oh well the culture here is one of respect the culture is about the collective growing in that sense but that's because there was more upper level belts so there's a less of a need to have to assert your position in, in that way. Mm. Um, and, and so in that way, I felt I could flourish because I could learn in a way that was like, oh, okay, well, there's the questions. I, and there's these, you know, it, it just helped me. You know, I, I felt because we're in this together, right? So I think, and it also comes with this attitude of, if I'm mature, well, what does maturity mean mm. in regards to who I am? Well, it also comes with the sense of I'm kind to myself. I could attend to what I need. And that kindness of yourself, you're able to extend to another. But if you have this sense of being super goal-oriented, you know, by any means necessary, and they're, well, that's not very kind, right? But that's what we're told. That's what we're told we need to be. We're told we need to be cutthroat. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not, 
and and well, of course, that's what we still see today in the West. It's very much this. Well, it's me first. Mm-hmm. I put in the work. So, and, and and people don't realize sometimes that like like playing the other way might be even more satisfying because you might really be listened to. You know what I mean? Like, like it's somehow it's like really satisfying to, to be listened to. Like I think of, um, I had Yosef Frusek on from Fighting Monkey not too long ago. And he said, you know, not just, not just um, looking, but seeing, not just hearing, but listening. Right. And like when you're, when you're playing the way that you and I are talking about, like, it means you have to see, and it means that the person that you're seeing is feeling seen. Yes. And the person that you're listening to is feeling listened to. Mm -hmm. And there's something that you feel it when someone is listening. It's right. Right. Where it's like, if you're playing for yourself, you can just, you can just hear. Yes. Right. But when you're playing for someone else, like you have to listen, like I have to listen and be like, Oh, like, like what, what could I do for Nikki right now that might be a helpful learning moment? Or what's a great question for Nikki? And meanwhile, you're asking me questions and it's like, like, you're like, you, you, you feel that thing. And like, that's when like these magical things unfold. Right. And it's, it's like, the question is, are you listening to reply or are you listening to understand? Hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the art of communication. Mm-hmm which many people, we, and, and we're always refining that. We're always refining, you know? Uh, I, I'm again, again, I'm, I, I have something I really want to say, but could I first be able to really understand, to take something in? How do I feel about what has been said? What would I like to share? I mean, it's the same thing as like, well, even today we look at everything so fast. Everything's so fast. Mm-hmm. Right? So, quickly we're not really listening we're looking at images scrolling through phones like we feel that we've seen everything is so fast i'm i'm just trying to be able to digest life more to find a different tempo mm-hmm. for myself. and so if we look at a landscape if i'm looking at a painting to really take that in the art of slow looking and, and that's when oh, everything can be this sense of embodiment, right? And it's not to say like, well, we also need a certain amount of effort. We also need, well, not effort, but tension, right? Tension is excitement. Mm-hmm. But it's finding this kind of balance of, of both. Mm-hmm. So... Tell me about some of like the work you're getting into now, because I know that you and I got to chat a little bit, uh, like maybe mm-hmm. we spent like an hour on the phone, like over the summer and you were talking about, I think you at the time you were on your way to go do, um, uh, like a, a week long or something like Feldenkrais, uh, workshop. And then I see some of the stuff pop up on Instagram that you're doing and you're presenting and you're sharing, okay. um, so yeah, I'm 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 super interested because again, like we've known each other a long time. So like I think we've both gotten to like watch each other like evolve and change. 
Yeah. So these are like new, exciting things, but I haven't seen you in person to like yeah. catch up on them. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super curious. Uh, yeah, so I'm in a four-year training for the Feldenkrais Method on year two now. Mm-hmm. By the end of this year, I will be, there's two parts to the training. The first two years is awareness through movement. Mm-hmm. The second part, the next two years, will be uh, functional integration, so the body work segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, it was probably about just the very beginning of the pandemic where it's so interesting, the timing of it, right? Everyone's locked down. We're all locked in. It's like, okay, I don't have my gym. I don't have my jujitsu. Like, well, what now, right? And there were elements of my practice having taught yoga for the last over 10 years and different kind of variations of Pilates and yoga and this kind of more integrated work I I still felt even in my own practice right having this practice with you and and jujitsu and lifting that I presented a certain amount of tension that wasn't always very useful in the practice or maybe even outside and just regular, regular living. And I, you know, I don't say this work is particularly trauma informed. This is not like somatic experiencing, but I do think it brings up elements, right? Our learning is, is happens through childhood from the very moment we're babies, right? So there's stories of that, that move into our adulthood. And I, felt I was carrying certain amounts of tension. And so when I saw this workshop that I entered in with Lavinia Fonka, who's my Feldenkrais teacher, it was reset your nervous system. I was like, huh, that sounds fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to do that. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really within like five weeks, I felt really tremendous differences in my way of being, moving, reacting. And I was like, wow, this is what I've been looking for. This awareness, this attention, and how that transfers to my movement practice, but also how it transfers to my daily living, right? The work is designed to be practical. There, you know, Feldenkrais had a judo background and was very inspired by judo. And he was also inspired, he was an avid soccer player and he was inspired by fixing these injuries, but he was also the scientist, this engineer. And, and I was really, I feel that this work was at the forefront of neuroplasticity at its time. And so what I, I felt even more excited about, I, I, you know, in my yoga teaching, I never fit in with studios so well because I didn't teach these very strict kind of sequencings we, we see, like vinyasa or the power of this stuff, because I'm like, well, that, that doesn't work for that person. Hmm. I don't want to see that person suffer. <laughs> you know, like 
that person will get hurt. I, it's like, what is the point of it painting the posture when there isn't much attention to how that person gets to the posture? There's no learning being happened. I'm seeing mostly mechanical movement. So I never really fit in so well with the yoga studios. And, and in that sense, I kind of took a pause at a certain time and was reanalyzing what I want to kind of present to people. And it was kind of around that time where I'm like, you know, I'll start teaching for myself again. And I brought in elements of what I learned in terms of, well, the awareness of getting into a posture and, and making it not even important for the posture, but the how. It's more of like, well, the practice is more interoceptive. I've done some training with like the yoga tune-up, like, and all of this. And that was maybe my first um, introduction to this very introspective world. But I feel like in the work of Edo Portal, we are coming from a very introspective world. Mm. Maybe some people don't approach it in that way. Mm. <laughs> but I always enjoyed it because I feel that the shapes or the process of getting to that shape, I always loved progressions and I loved what it meant to find a shape by learning the progression, how things begin to kind of come up and highlight itself. And so this is always what I've been very curious and interested in. And I felt that the Felton Christ method was just such a very beautiful way to have someone experience just lying on their back and doing these very easy movements of what it meant to relax into their learning. And that when the nervous system is in this parasympathetic state, the brain can take on new possibilities, right? It's by holding these, well, Feldenkrais called it parasitic habits, mm. chronic tensions, these parasites that kind of stay there. They're not doing anything for us, but maybe giving me an injury on that muscle up or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was really so much during this white belt phase of jujitsu, I was injuring left and right. And it wasn't, these were also old injuries that kind of kept coming up, but it's because I had habitual ways of moving. And, and, and those you would describe as kind of like, like the stories that have been with you for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I like to look at the idea of also emotional anatomy, right? I worked with this woman, studied with this woman, Judith Aston, who created um, a movement paradigm for Ida Rolf, the Rolfing technique method. And her work was um, quite interesting in the sense that you're working in the vertical or in sitting in various flexions and extension of the spine, but it was how we related to gravity. And I think that's what we all want to do better at is relating to gravity. I want to understand how gravity can help me. Now with Feldenkrais, a lot of the lessons are lying on the ground. You will find standing lessons as well, but it's the lying on the ground and then coming to vertical that you have a different sense of those anti-gravity muscles, mm. right? So that's really, oh, 
oh, my shoulder just dropped. That's different. And I'm in this very relaxed state. So my nervous system will be like, oh, that's a possibility for me. Mm -hmm. Over time, these patterns can be unlearned. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, oh, that word's so nice for jujitsu. <laughs> Well, it, it makes it, it makes me think, and you can tell me if I'm like kind of close to it, but it makes me think a lot of kind of like um, I don't know, like some kind of like mindfulness practices where like the idea is more like sometimes getting past like the stories, which is like our ego, right? Like there are the, these things, these these mm -hmm. plateaus that are like our identity and our stories. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, what we've limited our, we've, what we've limited our possibilities to are what are on top of those plateaus. But like below that is like this valley and the valley is kind of like the infinite possibilities, right? And finding opportunities to like spend some time in that valley mm -hmm. so that we have, we, we realize that like, we have more stories or more potential for our stories. Absolutely. I love that so much. Um, right. It's, it's like what I know, what I think I know, but then there's like learning is a foreground and background experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's whenever we're bringing in information, right. It's like, okay, well I can trust, that there's information in the foreground, but I can also trust that there's information in the background and it can ebb and flow between the two, right? It's like, oh, I didn't see that in my muscle up, but mm -hmm. now it, well, Feldenkrais says learning grows until it dawns on you. Right, okay, right. <laughs> it's a, it, it, and that kind of like, it like flips the switch. Like if people think it's like, it, sometimes think it's like, it's almost like they're supposed to knowledge their way through. So it's supposed to dawn on them and then they begin learning it. Where right. it's like, when I hear you say this, it's like, it's more the idea of you place your awareness somewhere and then allow yourself the opportunity to learn. Yeah. And then, and then, and then there's the dawning. There's the dawning. And, and, and that we shouldn't, that, that dawning could happen. I don't know, 20 years from now, it but it will dawn as long as we bring the attention and the awareness to that place, right? And, and I think that's what, well, it's not a movement method. It's a learning method. And I try to really emphasize that to people, right? This is an opportunity for one to learn about how they like to learn, right? Mm. So it's, well, what is our attitude to learning? Mm -hmm. And that's been a really interesting question. Mm -hmm. That when I come to something new, well, what is my attitude to it? it? I think there's a lot of fear of the unknowns. Mm -hmm. And people don't like to be in the unknown. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what's safe and cushy and for sure. And, and that's the nervous system, you know, keeping you, keeping mm -hmm. you safe. But well, when there's difficulties, that's food for the nervous system. Mm -hmm. We learn difficulties. Like every time 
like I faced a challenge or maybe like in the day in jujitsu or when I got my ass beat that day, but I always have like really great insights. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when things didn't quite go my way, <laughs> because it's a, well, well, my attitude to learning was getting better. It's well, so sometimes I feel like, and maybe you can relate to this is almost like um, the idea that like what I maybe I don't think this way so much anymore, but like the idea of like thinking we know what we need to learn. Like we think we know, but it's like, well, if you thought it, you already know it, right? So it's almost like what we actually need to learn, we don't actually know. We just need to place ourselves in positions where like learning can happen. Yes. You know, like in jujitsu, it's like someone might be like, I need to learn an arm bar. And it's yeah. like, well, that's the thing you think you need to learn, but like, you might actually just need to learn how to like feel a body close to you, yeah. you know, like, I get, you know what I'm saying? So it's like a little yeah. bit, maybe the, maybe it's a, the, the term is humility and just being like, I'm going to facilitate opportunities for learning to happen. And like, I, sometimes I think I know the things are what the things are, but like more often than not, like the things just need to like have the opportunity to like be watered. Right. It's like being open to what emerges. And when mm -hmm. we're open to what emerges, like in our learning, in our movement, in our living, mm -hmm. well, well, then, then the possibilities are endless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being open to, I don't know, but that's where the mystery lies right and well and then also being being prepared to learn things that you might not be able to explain right right there are some things we can't explain and well that's even more special mm -hmm. could it be felt mm -hmm. or could there be a sensory feltness about what you can't explain i mean it's kind of like you know certain energies maybe certain energies of a place of a person of like, i don't know like i think our natural world is able to present these feelings where well maybe we can't just really comprehend what that sunset makes us feel or that something is sudden well it's the subtle subtleties of living mm -hmm. right like good art is subtle mm -hmm. Good art is subtle. It's not so literal. And I think we're coming to a day and age where everything is so literal. And like what makes Feldenkrais method so interesting to me is that you do not demo the postures. Hmm. Speak as if you were telling a story, guiding the person in their hmm. learning experience. There's a, we've always been taught, oh, I, I look at the teacher the teacher is the goal. And if I could do what the teacher does, well, I'm, I'm there. I'm good. I've, mm -hmm. I've learned. Mm -hmm. But by not demoing the postures, you give the, the individual a possibility to learn about their learning. Right. There's like a removal of judgment. There's a removal of judgment. You meet yourself where you're at. And that's where this attending and being kind to yourself is like there's you know there's different teaching styles but i i've i like it when i'm with the feldenkrais 
practitioner that really leaves room for this. I'm not super clear about, and Felony Christ would do this often, not really give full directions. We kind of allow people to find it for themselves. And of course, when you're in a group setting, you could look over at the person. I mean, each one teach one, right? But <laughs> there's this, oh, I don't have to look at this goal of this person is, is it for me. I actually have my own path. I have my own experience. I have my own learning. And I, and I find that to me, to, that's a really, I feel a wonderful teaching position to have. I find I'll, I'm very excited to teach this method mm. or I'm helping well, it's just so inclusive, right? It's not, it's not for the only this able-bodied person, but in, because a lot of the time, this very able-bodied person thinks they know everything there is to know. Mm -hmm. Well, like all these wonderful things. So why get informed about subtlety? Mm -hmm. and, it, and it creates this, like at least what you're describing, like creates this space for like, as I as I care about, like, it's like celebrating what you can do and who you are right now, because I've, there's a lot of places we can go to for education that are like time traveling, right? That are like, well, if you do this work today and then a whole bunch of times between now and then, like in the future, you'll be able to do this thing. Yes. Right. And then like everyone's just caught up on like what the future is supposed to look like. That's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. the way that they imagine it. And then we're also caught up on like all the things that we didn't do yesterday and two days ago and 10 years ago so that if we had done them, we would be the thing that we think we're supposed to be now. <laughs> but this thing where you're kind of removing like any sort of like Im image of what anything is supposed to be. And it's really just your kind of personal play exploration research of that time. It's like, yes. oh, well, like right now, like, I'm great because I can just do what it, what it is for me here today. It's so and, 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 and I'm not against time traveling. Yes. I just think we do a lot of it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. Right. It's like, okay, well, we have, a, we have a past, we have a future, but we, well, how do we meet ourselves in, well, what is at this moment? Right. And, mm -hmm. And like you said, it, it just brings this space for, well, if I could pay attention, what does that mean anymore to pay attention? And it's like, oh, okay, if I could really, I, and, I, and it's true with like all the screens and all this, we're constantly moving our minds in this way that's just so fast. So to pay attention is really this pleasurable experience to go in and pay it and it's this quality attention is like okay well I get out of my car better I make better decisions in my walking I'm paying attention and therefore I'm living more fully and that's what it's all about mm -hmm. and so when you come to experiencing the method you're paying attention you're you're focusing on certain parts of yourself. And there's also a real element of imagination, right? Because the movements are very, and that's why I, 
it's an inclusive method where every anyone could do this method. Mm-hmm. And that's what I also very much like about it because the element of visualization and imagination is such a big part of it. There could be lessons where you're visualizing the whole thing and you can feel it. And that's what was like the greatest like, ah, for me, because there's a lot of asymmetrical lessons where you might only do mm-hmm. the right side and then you visualize the left side or mm. you might visualize the left side and then do two or three of the movements and it may work better than the right side because you visualized it so you maybe maybe you've I only like vaguely remember the part this part of this book, but I feel like it's a book. There's like a chance you've read it. Um, the brain that changes itself by Norman Doidge talking about neuroplasticity. Yes. And talking a lot about this where they like when looking yeah. at people who like spend a certain amount of time doing an activity mm-hmm. and then compared it to people who just imagine that activity over a certain number of days when they both actually did the activity after the same amount of time, one acting and one imagining yes. like the, the, the distance between them, between like their performance was like minimal. Like the imagination was this like super powerful tool. So powerful. Yeah. And, and, and so I find that to be, well, that means I could work around parts of myself that may not be as free to move and still have these really profound experiences at the end of the lesson where, oh, well, something has shifted there. And it's, it may not be having to do the movement, but it's just bringing your attention to that place that creates a new neural connection. Mm-hmm. pathway of how you relate to that part of yourself right, and, right you don't have to like be instructed on a movement you're just you can just like be asked to like place awareness yes and then allow movement to happen or or be instructed to follow certain exactly directions yeah but like keep your awareness in a place and like it's just an opportunity to like let your learning happen there yes and it's like okay well there are loose parts of ourselves everyone has a part of themselves like for me it was always kind of my thoracic my mid-back that part moves so well mm-hmm. and and I'm like oh oh now it moves I have more of a sense of this place I have more a sense of my sternum that it could soften how does that actually relate to my mood or my breath or right it's like well when we can find all these hidden tensions we can well, it's like, I have an easier way of moving throughout my life. I have a more pleasurable way of moving because I'm not having to exert all this excess energy. Mm-hmm. And so I find that to be, well, that's, to me, that's super profound. I think it's all about living in a way that feels more pleasurable. And what does that, and I, what does that mean to people? I feel like there's, kind of a weird relationship with that word right how do we take pleasure and right you're not it's, it's you're it's like you're not describing hedonism like no. you're no you're describing it like you're describing something different right like and even the idea of oh self-image well people start to bring a sense of oh that means how i judge myself oh self-image like how do you occupy yourself your mm-hmm. whole 
you have a sense of your back? What would, it, what would it be like to have a sense of your back as you move throughout the world, right? It's like bipedal creatures, like everything hits us from the front and gets stuck in the back. So mm -hmm. we don't have a sense of, oh, well, my back feels narrow, my back feels tight. Well, after, well, if we brought your this kind of quality attention there, Mm -hmm. uh, right like there's always a scan at the beginning of the lesson you lay on your back mm -hmm. you notice the parts that touch the ground you notice the parts that don't touch the ground mm -hmm. you know well okay well the parts of the spine that curve more deeply do not yield mm -hmm. right and so you're and then you check in throughout the session how more your more parts of your back yield to the ground mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, well, not many people could sit on the ground comfortably. Not many people could lay on the ground comfortably. So that's a real treasure to be able to attain that at the end of the lesson, be comfortably on the ground. Yeah. But again, it's almost to me, it's like, um, you know, one of like the emergences of like abundance is that we feel like we're supposed to like work hard and feel like we've really exerted ourselves yeah. like and like you know just oh. you know destroy i mean that's like you know like a crossfit thing where you're supposed to feel like yeah. i really exerted i over exerted and yeah. it's like at no other point in history would we ever want to do that like we would want to have enough energy to like get the kill back to camp and like cook dance chit chat you know and that involved like conserving energy you know right. Um, so it's like, I think it's a new phenomenon. I think that that way of kind of being is a new or thing, right? Right. Like at every other point, like we would want to be the, like what you're talking about. Like when you're talking about being pleasure, moving yeah. in a pleasureful way, like what we're talking, what you're describing to me is like moving efficiently, energy efficiently. Yeah, right? absolutely. When I think of like certain like cultures around the world like japan with most of these people really well I'm, I'm i'm very interested in places that are more physical people right i like where people use have more of a sense of i have a craft i've learned this i've it's been handed down to me i use my body every day it's so nice to watch like a person like that mm -hmm. I, but because there is this sense of their middle, right? In Japan, they call it hara, center, belly. They have this real, I move from my belly in this culture. We're very sucked in, pulled up. Mm -hmm. How much tension does that bring to sucking yeah. people up? That really limits so much of ourselves. And But that's what we're told is good posture. Mm -hmm. And then I feel that that term posture is, is very confused to being upright and rigid this way. Mm -hmm. Like, you, and you see it with like people that maybe have had dance backgrounds or a certain kind of schooling. Or you have to have this good posture. I remember it was Judith Aston that was talking about, um, she was going to, and her stuff very much involves posture, but it's dynamic. And Feldman Price called the work Acature, meaning that it's always moving. That posture isn't state like the stagnant thing. It's dynamic. 
And she she entered the classroom and everyone was like upright and stiff. And then she went, oh, I, I'm going to leave the room for a moment. I forgot something. And then everyone kind of goes out of this like easy flashing. And she poked her head in and she saw that. And, and it was funny because this is how people felt they needed to be attentive or like show that they were like available to, to the moment, to the teacher, right? And so we're, we're missing formed, I think, in, in the movement world. I mean, particularly even in yoga, I've always had the sense of pulling in, pulling up, Pilates, pulling in, pulling up, but not the sense of my belly could inform me, could be round, right? I, I think in weightlifting, in, in jiu-jitsu, you don't see any martial arts that you pull in. Right. <laughs> you always, like, you move from the belly. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different way to find your power, to find your middle. What, it just, what does it mean to, I know it in my gut, a gut feeling. You can't know that by pulling it in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very... Um, uh, yeah, it's like a, like a very much of like, I've got this attitude, but it's like, like I almost imagine like you're talking like your belly, it's like relaxing and almost like, like, like feeling like a relationship to like the ground and like gravity. Yeah. Right? And I've been trying to like pulling it in and being like, I'm, I'm ignoring that. Yes. I'm ignoring that. And then the lumbar isn't free to move. The spine isn't free to move. Right. And mm -hmm. so, it's, well, I'm just, I'm looking for ways that it could all just be easier. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't that be nice that aging could be this easy process. And I've always been interested in aging. <laughs> mm -hmm. Since I was a young person, I was like, I want to live for a very long time. So I was interested in blue zones and like going to certain places that have these, like, I'm very interested in Greece and these other blue zones because I like this lifestyle of slow living, right? Mm -hmm. In the West, we see it's, okay, we're obsessed with anti-aging. We're obsessed with, oh, looking young and the Botox and the, and the freezing this, right? And, and what status means and what money means and that you're only relevant to your alpha stage of life. Mm -hmm. What happens after? You become irrelevant. We don't see enough elderly people in our day-to-day -day society. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is, this, I mean, this is what I, what you're saying is, I'm taking a slight kind of like turn, but when you say we don't see any elderly people, yeah. it is something I do like, I think about quite a bit when it comes to like some of the things that we present and I've talked about this on here before, but like, you know, some of the things that some people are sharing mm -hmm. are things that at no other point in history would have been commodities, right? Because there would have been like relationships with elders who would have been like sharing yes. these things because as we were talking about with jujitsu, like there's this looking out for another where it's like, I know that if everybody in my community knows this wisdom that I have with me right now, our community flourishes, Yes. right? It wasn't like a commodity the way, you know, an iPhone is, 
mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like the commodification of, of everything. But it's like some of the things that some of the people are presenting are like, oh, but like everybody should like have that. Yeah. Like what you're talking about. You're like, no, like yeah. everybody should have that. You yeah. know, like, like, and, and only because you brought up our, like, you know, elders and, and right. relationship with elders. I'm like, because we, we lack these relationships with elders and ancestors, like we don't have this kind of stream of information and it's left to, to some people who are exploring these types of things to like, kind of be picking up the pieces and doing the best they can to like, oh, like, here's like a sprinkle of wisdom and here's some stories like it's still like not the same remotely close to the same as like kind of like the passing down of information in that way and stories and and wisdom but it's like what we have of it what little pieces that we can kind of like grab onto so many of them are turned into like commodities and i struggle with it because i'm like oh like i think play matters in in a deep way and everybody should have access to it and i'm like how much of a commodity can should this be if we're gonna like if this is something you wish for for people and like in the world and like if you believe it matters you know but yeah all of that just coming from uh the the the, the thinking about elders because it's it's something that i think matters quite a bit oh absolutely i'm like the places so you know in in regards to the anti-age i'm like oh well these places i see elderly people when i was spending time in greece I would wake up and I'd go to the market and they're all there and there was this really beautiful sense of community and everybody's walking up the hill, down the hill, they eat bitter greens and stuff from the ocean and well, the family is the structure, Mm -hmm. right? This living, breathing organism, right? Where it's not necessarily where I see here, it's money first, deny your aging, you're only relevant at this stage of life. Coming into the world as a business, leaving the world as a business. Mm-hmm. We don't really know much about our dying. And it's like, well, if I don't have a sense of my dying, do we ever really think about that? Mm-hmm not in the west it's stay at your alpha or you cannot really continue to thrive right and we talked about the pecking order and it's like well if i don't really know about my dying how could i know about my living mm-hmm. right the they're, two, two, they, they're, they're two sides of the same coin the two sides is the same coin so if i don't know about my i don't even know how i really see myself in the world and that's so much why I think we see a lot of these kind of accidental deaths in the West. We see car accidents, the dying in the hospitals, the prescription pills and all of this, right? Because people aren't informed about their dying, mm-hmm. not informed about their living where I think we see in other cultures where money isn't the ultimate thing because they don't have it. Well, they're looking for different things, family structures are maybe more solid. So therefore elderly play more of a role in the family structure. And well, there's a purpose for the elderly. Mm-hmm. So the elderly live well, right? It's like, and, and, and food isn't this very classist thing. Living isn't this very classist thing. 
and obviously the world continues to change and evolve and we can only adapt but i'm always looking for something that is more simple mm-hmm. and, and that's my ultimate right it's like well i just want i just want less right because individuality is not necessarily i mean we think we find it through like the attainment of status we find it through the attainment of what we have and and but really i think individuality is about our creativity mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily about like standing outside of the crowd but standing it's about standing in a way you could stand apart because you know something about yourself your pleasure your learning your creativity and all xyz so it's like oh well that person is showing us something different because that person is an individual you are bringing an element of play mm-hmm. have we thought about that in the movement world i don't think we've really paid attention to that so much we've been told like get strong you gotta be this you have to look like this and whatever crossfit <laughs> no, we don't really have this element play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's like well that's what it's all about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it keeps living joyous being outside, being with others, being kind to yourself, being kind. I think all of this, the old folks would definitely give us a thumbs up. And we're not doing anything super new here. Yeah, well, I think about a, a class I took not too long ago and one of the teachers said something that I thought was really profound. She was like, oh, it's simple, but simple doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know, a couple moments when you're talking, I thought about that. And it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, simple's not easy. Simple's not easy. And also, like, well, we're not seeing like, you know, that, oh, it has to be like the good old days. No, we're recognizing what was, mm-hmm. we're adapting to what is. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, maintaining this connection to an ancestral interior, right? It's like, I'm not just myself, I'm everyone that came before me and Mm -hmm. how to continue this lineage, right? I go to sleep, not in in many different ways, right? I go to sleep as Nikki, the gardener, Nikki, the jujitsu student, Nikki, the, you know, Feldman Christ, all these different parts of myself. And I go into this internal world and then I go into this external world and how I relate to others, how I am, right? But they, this inner world and this outer world continue to inform each other. And therefore it's like, well, every day is a possibility for something new to emerge to remain curious, to mm-hmm. continue the spirit of play to look for pleasure. It's up to us to make life livable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so much of it comes down to, not so much of it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, we get kind of caught up on like, uh, I don't know, maybe there's a lot of like, we, we think of like 
self-help is like, like always like inward facing, but as you were talking about, it's like, it's like an integration of like your kind of interior and exterior and like they need to kind of dance together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have a lot of things that, that keep us isolated. Right. And keep people. So when they think of maybe self-help, it doesn't necessarily involve another. Right. It's always kind of like inward facing, but it's like, oh, but even at the end of the day, like your identity is built around like people's perceptions of you. Like, like you know, if there were no people around you, you might not have an identity. Right. So very true. And if I think about like kind of my social life, it's always been, I go to the gym and I play with others. Mm-hmm. That's how I related. That's mm-hmm. how I developed my relationships, right? Anywhere I would travel in the world, I just go to the movement place there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's how I establish these connections. It's like through the spirit of play, through the spirit of movement. And Belding Christ said, we learn through movement. The nervous system learns through movement. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, if we look at babies, it's just this continue every day is a new possibility of learning through movement. And that's what the functional integration work is really about. There's a lot of these, um, it's used with a lot of babies for instilling um, movement patterns of on to the back, to the belly, through crawling, through standing, and that that all moves smoothly and bringing in these rotation flexors and extensors. I'm thinking about all these things. I mean, that's what makes jujitsu so wonderful for me. I'm like, oh, so much of this movement from our being babies that I find such a joy to explore mm-hmm. yeah jujitsu is amazing i'm like uh i've got a, a hankering for it right now i haven't gotten to do any jujitsu really much since yeah. covid started yeah um but it it's it's matters you know what i mean it's like any anything that like asks you to like again like have to really listen and like be with people in these ways yeah. are are especially now, I just think unique and, and valuable, you know? So unique. When that became like a thing of question, you know, and I've, I've always, I feel that I'm introverted, mm-hmm. mostly. Mm-hmm. I also relate to others, and so I'm like an introvert, extrovert, right? And and my time of being, I'm like, ah, oh, some days I just want to be more of an inward practice. I might just you know Belgian Christ but there's something with the coming together mm-hmm. that always informs right and right maybe you said it informs our individuality it informs our place in the world mm-hmm. I think that's such a powerful thing is to well we need each other mm-hmm. but we think we don't need each other well, we need each other and I hope that, you know, through this kind of learning of ourselves, we can better relate to others in a world that, well, we're facing real disembodiment and real self-image 
this elusive to us now is particularly with the like social media it's hard to know mm-hmm. how we relate to others how we judge ourselves and so when we have these real meaningful connections just through energy and i feel movement could definitely help us explore that i mean people are like, oh what are you doing in san diego like mm-hmm. it's there mm-hmm. <laughs> and i'm like I feel like I feel fine with my connections. I go to jujitsu. I have these fine connections with people of all different walks of life. You know, it's it's. But there's this. There's a language being spoken. There's an energy being exchanged mm-hmm. that feels, to me, fulfilling rather than, oh. This person has this kind of status, and this, this, this it benefits me in this way, and mm-hmm. which is what see so much of it's like the social ranking. Mm-hmm. Like relationships have become this kind of social currency. Mm-hmm. Super yeah. crazy. Yeah, I um, I was just thinking about how you know you know you're you're talking about you know, basically that we're, we're like lacking tools for communication, right? And we, I always think that we, we lean so hard into the words that we forget, like, we have like, the, you know, these magical tools to communicate, right? And, and we have so many of them and they're just kind of like malnourished, mm-hmm. right? And when, you know, you, know, you talk about mm-hmm. jujitsu and you talk about that feeling that you have, like when you're doing it, it's just like, like you're satisfying some of those like tools, those things that like we don't get to like spend as much time with, you know? And it's like, it's not the words, but th- a lot is being said, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what I think about when it comes to this idea of like listening and, and the idea of like seeing like mm-hmm. where are all those places where that can happen? Like on the three levels, basically, on the level of like the the personal to like the interpersonal to like, the spaces environments right you know like those are like the three levels of like where communication can happen Mm -hmm. and like anytime we kind of like play with those like there 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 are a lot of things that we can't articulate that happen but it's like you that thing that you're talking about you're like oh like i feel like yeah like and you know words like energy kind of come about yes but it's like it's it's, it's, it's like, you, you know, you're having something that's it, it kind of sometimes it's existing beyond you. That's like, you know, there's like a, an interconnection between you and a space or you and another person, but it's like, that's why we have these senses. We have this nervous system to like, mm-hmm. to communicate with all of these things. So it's like, really, it's almost to me like the sat- satisfying of the, the biology that exists in us. Yes, it's a when, com- right when it's been ma- when it's been malnourished because we sit in like uh like yeah. sanitized boxes a lot. Yeah, right, right. It's like so much of our living is unnatural. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it really is this time to have this interoceptive experience of your listening to yourself. I'm listening to myself. I'm listening to another. Right, mm-hmm. and it's, you're listening to your nervous system. It's a conversation mm-hmm. with your nervous system and that of another mm-hmm. coming together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I mean, after like training, I'm usually like, oh, wow. I, 
I feel myself in a different way, but it's more like I'm embodying more parts of myself. And I also feel more connected to others. So by being able to embody more parts of myself, I could relate to others. It should be like, well, the more I nourish what I need, I could nourish relationships. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, are you are you teaching a lo- in person online? What where are you? What, what's, what's happening now? I'm teaching on Zoom with a platform called Invincible Hall twice okay. a week, and then um, I will I do once in a while teach just on my own outside of that, which I think I'm I've been like busy with the training, so. Mm-hmm. Exist. And it's like, you know, it's it's like everything takes like a fair amount of like attention and planning, right? It's not like one, I'm, I'm constantly allowing themes to inspire me. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of creates maybe the kind of theme I go with for the month of what I'm teaching. And then mm-hmm. I do um, one-on-one privates via Zoom. So that's, so that's So what's the theme right now? What are, what are you kind of like playing with? So I am going to be playing for February with the theme, we touched on it a bit, individuality and self-image. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, yeah. and that's, so then that's what you'll be presenting and like kind of everything you do for that month will be like, going going through that lens yes like the method of felby chris it's like oh there's a storytelling piece right so i like to add certain themes i read like a bunch of different somatic books i allow them to give me certain information or there's maybe different themes happening in my life i was to pull from nature right because i think i'm i feel very connected to seasons mm-hmm. what, you know and, and so and that's, there's also parts of Chinese medicine that really inspire me. So I'm always looking to kind of nurture the relationship of the internal organs of what's happening in the outside, right? Like the season, the weather, what we should be doing in, in regards to how much energy, right? Like summer is a time of really being out and maybe having more heat and then winter is more of this kind of, so we're still in deep winter. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like, ah, it's like the new year and we really have this get up and go, it's like, oh, actually it's still a time to have more of this nourishing experience in deep winter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I look for practices that kind of cultivate that. And then there's this too. I always say like, well, we teach what we need to know. So different you know maybe injuries or certain things come up in my body and I go to study that and then I share it right <laughs> right that's a co- that's a common story yeah, right? a common story. yeah. Uh-huh. 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 but yeah it's, that's well put I, I it's right it's like so you're 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 guided by kind of like your own like your your experiences and like where they lead to to that turns around to be like what you 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 present right. mm-hmm. yeah 
And so, and particularly if I'm working with like a client one-on-one, I usually will ask a little bit about what they would like to share. And um, I don't use this often, but usually being able to do a body reading through a photo, seeing what the structural um, balance of a person is and being able to then tailor lessons to kind of even or not the goal isn't to be symmetrical but to kind of mitigate those parts of tension and balances that um afflict the person so this is usually how i begin sessions and then we check in throughout some time and people then also have the recordings to then practice different themes that go with their body. So that's where I got very interested in the body reading, working with Judith Austin and and Tom Myers on that subject. Mm -hmm. And um, if people want to like take your classes online, how do they, how do they sign up? Can they just sign up through you or like through the, the, through the platform? They could sign up through the platform and then signing up through me. I will be putting up my website probably within the next or two, which I've been working on for so long. I've been going that way and this way. And I'm like, ah, creativity. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I'll be putting that up and um, I will be offering classes via Zoom. And then at times I travel to New York and I will do a workshop in New York. I'll do a workshop in LA. Up in, in Portland. So when these opportunities present itself and there's a space, I like to travel and get everyone together in person. Amazing. Yeah. Nice. And if and if people want to just connect with you directly, like can they just connect with you through like Instagram or something? Instagram. Social media world. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs>